0: Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center on Just two days before the midterm elections, we're wondering how to navigate this crazy world. In the book of John, chapter 13 and 14, it says, even though we don't know the way, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Join us in progress. We're just going through normal stuff. How about you? You going through normal stuff this week? You know, some abnormal stuff too. You know, I mean, life is, we're, we're going through, through things and some are bigger, some are, are little, but, but it's just life. And one of the things that's been going on this week for me is that, you know, there's, we're living in a crazy world. I, I, I think I mentioned a song and I almost played it, but it's by Randy Stonehill. It's called Great Big Stupid World. And it's got great lyrics because it really, and it was written, you know, in the 80s, but it just talks about, you know, the way the world is and, you know, we're, you know, worshiping, you know, Oprah and doing all these things and finding all these strange cures and, and it's just got some really creative lyrics. He's, he's a, actually a great writer, Christian music writer. And, th- and that's it. We live in a great, big, stupid world. And I say stupid, and we don't say that in our home, but we, we live in a great, big, stupid world because it's changing so much and we've we are now calling evil good and good evil you know Isaiah 55 Isaiah chapter 5 I believe is what it says woe to you who call evil good and good evil and that's exactly what's happening in our in our culture atrocities are happening this last week there were two more beheadings in this country in this country now we don't know if either one of them are actually connected to um, Islam, and this one, it it seems that neither one of them are are likely connected to terrorist groups. A son chopped off his mom's head. And um, a a son of a trooper, a state trooper, killed a, a friend, and they think that was just over drugs. Chopping off heads. What? Where, where are we, what's going on? We, we have, it's been lifted, but the mayor of a major city, Houston, subpoenaing all transcripts, emails, and sermons from churches, looking to see if they're talking about homosexuality bad. In this country, subpoenaing. Now, they, they, they lifted that. She, she realized that she was in trouble, and the whole nation we began to rise up. People that I am connected to who own the Hitching Post Wedding Chapel in Coeur who refused to do a same-sex wedding, who are facing jail time for not doing a same-sex wedding. I used to own the Hitching Post Wedding Chapel here in Big Bear. And, and John Green actually sold the one in Coeur the one that's in the news, he sold that wedding chapel to that couple. They're friends of his. People are going to go to jail because they want to stand up for their faith and say, I can't be a part of, of this sinful activity, what I believe is sinful activity, and rather than saying, well, I understand how you feel, we'll go find another, they're going to go to jail maybe, can you believe that we're here? I can't. I can't believe that we're here. It's just absolutely amazing. And so, this week as I've been, you know, praying about the sermon and and preparing thought what are we doing what are we doing you know we we're, we're kind of we're, we're doing church and we'll maybe do a, a message we hope it's a good message and a biblical message and we'll spend time working on the service and Gary and I or Robert and I will we'll work on the worship set and 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 we get the announcements and we'll preach a service and at the end of the service we say see you next week are we growing are we are we realizing the place that we're living in as, as believers in the time that we're living in? Are we taking it seriously? Now, sometimes we just want to come to church and just say, just tell me something good. Tell me something nice. I, we're, we're under so much weight and difficulty, you know, so to come to church and, ha- and hear a, an exhortation message or something about the times can actually be difficult because we're getting so much of it you know, all week long. I've got an idea. Why don't we instead turn off the TV? And, and come here, and it may, we might get an exhortation in the word, but the exhortation is going to come with the hope that's found in Christ and our responsibility as a believer, because the news never comes up and says, let me tell you about a, a travesty or a tragedy, and then say, now let me tell you how this fits into your life as a believer. And the news doesn't do that. They just, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. It's, it's all about ratings. They just want to give you the grim and the gruesome. But, but in the church, we need to say, listen, we are living in a grim and a gruesome world. So then how shall we live? So then how shall we live? It's all about everything needs to come back to us and our day-to-day, every day living for Jesus Christ, unashamed, with all of our life and all of our vigor. Tuesday's a great way to, to vote your convictions, but that's one day out of 365. What about the other 364? You know, it's not just about voting, it's about living your life, living my life for Jesus and making a difference, and, and realizing that this world is going, just, it, it's going downhill fast. But throughout the times, ever since Jesus, they were living in the last days. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been living in the last days, pointing to dates and to things happening and saying, boy it can't get any worse than this. And it gets worse, and then it comes up, and it gets worse, and it comes up, and we see revivals, and we see... And most of the time when it gets better, it's because the church of Jesus Christ, of its present-day saints, the church of Jesus Christ of present-day saints finally wakes up and starts living for Jesus, and sometimes it just takes one to start it off I, b- I believe it was paul walterman who told the story and and i came across it again today but i'm just going to read that um i was thinking about the fall of rome and the end of the gladiatory it was a gruesome time and and you know we we talk about oh my gosh they were they were killing christians and they were killing animals in there and oh how brutal that that people was what are you doing tonight i'm going home to watch cage fighting We're, we're living in a brutal time. We're living in a, in a world where people are watching YouTube videos of people getting, getting killed. I mean, I get these sent to me sometimes. Oh, watch this video. Some guy in another country, who a, a group of people just beat him to death. And we're watching, we're videoing these and watching these. The last known gladiatorial fight took place during the reign of the Emperor Honor- Honorius which was uh, he, between uh, 393 and 423. says, the catalyst for this change was an Egyptian monk named Telemachus. That's what Paul Walter was talking about, who had newly come to Rome and visited the Colosseum in 404 AD. He objected to the savage bloodshed and slaughter. He was a Christian monk, and he objected to the bloodshed and slaughter in the arena and, the, and amidst the bloodshed, shouted for it to cease in the name of Christ. He took a stand and said, no more. And so, they stopped, not quite, they killed him. They just killed him. They stoned him, this mob got together and stoned him. Three days later though, the emperor issued a decree that the games were to stop. And we find that in Rome, that the advent, this is written for, from the article I was reading, the advent of Christianity led to a massive change of attitudes in the Roman Empire. And with the new Christian religion, the morals, principles, and values of the Romans changed. They didn't vote it in. They lived it in. The Christians began to live and stand up and stand out and live out, outwardly the morals and convictions that they believed Jesus wanted them to live. And we have done that in this nation for a long time but we're now cowering and afraid to live our morals or to speak out about what Jesus would want us to speak out about. And we're watching the decline of this nation. And I'm actually really not concerned about this nation. I'm concerned about the lost. See, it's, we get swept up into even concerning like like America is it. You know, like the gospel is all about America. You know, I really don't care about America. I care about the gospel. I care about people finding Jesus. And as hard as it is to say, if it takes this nation crumbling and falling apart for people to come back to Jesus, then let it be. Let it be. Because it can't be about me losing my comfort. It can't be about you and the difficulties we go through. It has to be beyond that. We can't just live for... For our, our thinking about the present and what's oh what's going to happen, we have to be eternally minded. And there's a world that's needing Jesus. There's a world that's going to hell, but we don't know how to navigate that. And how are we going to find out how to navigate that? We need to come to Jesus. See, it's not about whether this this we have a collapse in this society. You know, there's a there's a, a show. It's getting really really pop, uh, popular. There's a number of them preppers. The new one's Doomsday Preppers. I mean, it's it's kind of fun. You know, and these people digging holes in the ground, and there's a guy who bought a missile silo. One of the a guy he bought a missile silo for forty thousand dollars, and his family is living in a missile silo, getting ready for the doomsday preparation stuff. And I mean, he's got a he's got a setup and a half. Has anyone seen that one? I think Josh saw, saw that one. I'm right. This is getting popular. In fact, it's getting so popular that that. People, companies are just making money on our desire to be prepping. Even at DIY, they, I saw that the other day, Norm, they have the backpack right there. It's kind of the prepper's backpack. It's an emergency. Grab it and throw it on your back in case everything comes down and you've got to run. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be prepared. In fact, I'm going to say the opposite. Everyone in this room should be, be prepared to live for a month at least. Without having to leave your home, I encourage you to figure out and there's people in this church who could really help you do it wisely. Josh Bailey would be a great asset because he's done a lot of a lot of research and understanding the times and I encourage everyone we, it would be it would behoove us to have supplies and 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 fuel and water and everything to last a month because even just a, a big natural disaster could what could take us out. What if we had like two or three Uh, simultaneous disasters the resources it would take them a while to get to us so I'm not saying don't be prepared but I'm saying that's not the end the end is Jesus the end is how then shall I live in this dark and in crazy world as Randy Stonehill says this great big stupid world that we just they we, we just get brought off and 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 just we get we get lost in so many things even here in the church you know, I'm a young pastor, I, I don't feel super young, I'm 44, but I've only been a senior pastor for two and a half years. And I, I, I thank God that you guys give me grace as, as the shepherd of this body, and I'm trying to lead us into the things that God has for us. And I believe that he's got, he wants to bring us in to become mature disciples of Jesus. I believe he wants us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. I believe that's what what our call as a congregation is to do. I believe that we're called that we're going to read the scriptures in the book. We're in the book of John, believe it or not. In the book of John, we're called to love one another. And I think that those three things, we can find everything else wrapped up in those three things, love one another, preach the gospel to the saved and make disciples. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why we have one step closer to Jesus. It's all about that. How do we do that? Are we doing it the right way? Maybe we should be house church only. Maybe we should close the building and just everyone go into little houses and just do a house church and do your own thing. Maybe we should be cell-based, cell-driven, and everything's about cells. Maybe we should have more programs. Maybe we shouldn't have programs. Maybe we should do more Bible studies. Maybe our life groups should be Bible studies and not life groups. Maybe we shouldn't do Bible studies, but we should do home fellowship. Hey, that new book. Maybe we should do a Bible study on that new book. Well, what about this new book? That's a good book, too. Which, what should we do in our, our life groups? I don't know. You know, last week, the music was too loud. You know, I just love it when the music's really loud and I can feel it right here. Pastor, you, I, I like when you wear Dockers and things like that. That's, that's really cool. Pastor, you're the coolest pastor. Around. I like when you wear those faded jeans. <laughs> pastor Rob does too much work around here. He's always doing everything. I shouldn't volunteer. That's why we pay Pastor Rob. That was just Wednesday. You know, I love it when you just sit down, Pastor Rob, and just teach. That's so wonderful. Why were you sitting down last week? Were you sick? I love the expository teaching that you're doing. I love it when you preach from your heart with passion. And we just spend time thinking and wondering, and I'm wondering about all of these things. Because I hear it. and some, Some of you are the ones wondering these things too. And we spend time and we go, what are we doing? This is what I came to this week. What are we doing? We've got, it's got to be about more than this. We're, we're trying to preach the gospel and make disciples and learn how to love one another because that's God's call to us. We want to be relevant. Ooh, that could be a scary word. What does that mean, Pastor Rob? Because a few years ago, relevant meant that you were just really wanting to be where the people were at. And we wanted to have a seeker-sensitive gospel. Is that what relevant is? No. You know what relevant is? The truth. The truth is, is relevant what's the truth the bible it's it's all about the word of god it's about relationship with jesus christ we don't change with culture you know our styles changed at the end of service we're going to have communion and and we're going to do it differently we're going to have everyone come up at the at the the time and they're going to get their thing we're going to do it at the end of service and we're actually going to sing a hymn can we do a hymn in this church? You know, styles change. That's not what we're talking about. What does the Word of God say? The Word of God doesn't change. Our clothing, I would have never been led in a church like, dressed like this even as a member 50 years ago. In a lot of churches, you had to suit and tie, let alone the pastor. This is just a style. This doesn't matter. But what are we preaching how are we living? How are you living? What is the basis of the decision? What makes what gives you the basis for the decisions you make? And if you are at all human, then you are being pushed on and feeling the pressure to just give in. And just to shut your mouth and to stop standing up for righteousness and saying, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it here. You know, I'm gonna live quietly. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. We need to preach the gospel. And we need to win the lost. We need to be relevant. Truth is always relevant. In the book of John, we, ended, we were in the middle of chapter 13 last week, and there's some great stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just skip. I'm going to pick it up right at verse 31. Actually, I'm going to pick it up even further. I'm going to pick it up at 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. This whole, I'm so excited about the next couple chapters in John. It's just wonderful. But Jesus is saying something profound and huge here. And we're going to just see this Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We could have stopped, and this could have been the message. It's not. That is, you know, I, I encourage you in your Bible reading, just go back and really let this sink in. We're going to keep reading, though. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. God bless you, Peter. Will you lay down your life for me, Jesus answered him, for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Okay, that, that chapter separation, 13 to 14, it's not there. Okay, this is something we added in. So take that out for a second, let's read it. You will... I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believes also in me. Don't stop. He tells Peter, you're going to deny me. Don't let your heart be troubled. There's a message that needs to come in. in this, And this, this is also not the focus of this message. You're going to deny Jesus. You've already denied him. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in him. See at the end of Peter's denial, Jesus comes back to, to John, and he, he he one point he says, "Tell all the disciples and John also, or, and, and Peter also, sorry, and Peter also," because he knew that Peter, after denying him, not only did he deny him, he ostracized himself and he was out on his own and feeling like I'm done. And Jesus saw that coming. He says, "Listen, you're going to deny me. Don't let your heart be troubled." Why? Jesus knew what he was going to do, and he came to Peter, and he says, "Peter, do you love me?" He says, "Yes, I love you." Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And finally, you know. You know. Isn't that true? You ever you ever pray those prayers to God? And 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 you actually go, am I trying to fool God? God, you know. Peter says, You know. You know that I love you. He's getting honest. He says, feed my lambs. He restored him into fellowship. See, we may deny Christ, but he will restore you if you allow him to. Don't don't live out there. If you've denied Jesus, and I I mean even just with your life, your lifestyle, because you can deny Jesus with your lifestyle. You can just walk in and and just shake hands with the enemy and just get into a life of sin, to, to that hidden thing. Don't stay there. Jesus is calling you back and says, I want to restore you. I want to restore you. Don't don't live where where Peter wanted to live. Oh, I'm just no good. This is the message within the message. It's just hit me. And and, And that must mean that there's somebody who needed to hear that today. You may have denied him. Maybe you'll find yourself in one day doing something that you can't believe you did. Let God restore you. Don't let your heart be troubled. His grace is sufficient for you and for me. Thank God. He goes on. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. And we, we talked about heaven in this, this great passage. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know, and here is the verse for today. And I'm going to proof text this a little bit. I'm going to take it, take it out and I'm going to, to, to help it fit into our situation that we're talking about. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? I look at this world and I say, Lord, I don't know where you're going. I don't know where we're going. I don't know where any of this is going to end up. I feel like Thomas going, what do you mean? What do you mean? Where are you going? Look at this world. Look at the, the society and culture that we live in. To think that in these few brief years of 30 to 40 years that we've come to the place where, where people are saying you can't even do the Pledge of Allegiance, which is a pledging that, that the government is co- coming in and encroaching you, maybe we shouldn't even do the Pledge of Allegiance because it has the word God in it. Where are we going? I don't know where we're going. And Jesus says to us today, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't know where we're going. I don't know where this is all going, but Jesus is the way. It's simple, but it's really difficult. We have to put all of our faith and trust and hope in him, and not in Tuesday's election. Two years ago, I was absolutely amazed that we reelected somebody. <laughs> I, I, I was. He, his approval rating was below 50 percent at that time. And yet he was reelected. I don't know where we're going. But I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And in the meantime, I better get connected with Jesus. See, long term, I know where I'm going. But goodness gracious, what if Jesus doesn't come back? We're all going, Jesus is coming back. The signs are there. The blood moons are there. The harbinger. Are there. We're all going, this could be it. And it really could. What if it's not? Who wants to predict what we're going to look like as a nation 40 years from now? Well, here's a scary news flash. We might still be here. Some of us. <laughs> Some of you will get to be us, beat me home. You know, if, all, if my hope is only in, in heaven and Jesus at the final trumpet and, 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 and when I finally go to meet him when I die and he doesn't come back before that, I'm going to be in trouble. Because I am not going to be able to navigate this life with a hope of heaven when it gets worse and worse and worse. My hope has to be now that Jesus is, is relevant today, that the gospel is relevant today, that in here is everything we need inside of our lives is everything we need for life and godliness. And that he's calling us to live a certain way and we can't be relying on the government to protect us and to give us our rights back though I hope they will. But they don't have those rights in Iraq or Syria or even Egypt or half of Africa. They don't have any rights to worship God freely there. Did they stop being Christians? So what, how then shall we live? He is the way and his word is truth. And we have to keep coming back to the truth and not get sidetracked and not follow all this pushing and the teaching. And we have to know how to live. Lord, we do not know where you're going. I am the way. I am the way. You know, Bonnie Sarah this morning told me it's great to have her back in service today, and I won't embarrass her. And I, won't, I won't even look where she's at so nobody turns around. Don't yeah. turn up. She said she was up visiting Michelle. Uh, uh, she, Michelle Ward up in Oregon, and, and they picked her up at the, and Michelle's doing very good, and, you know, part of our family who's uh, moved up to Oregon, and she's doing good, and And as they were driving back, they they kept seeing the sign, Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. She said it was just really neat. Follow Jesus. And they end up finding in this, I think it was in Coos Bay or something, this little tiny, like a prayer chapel. And they just went in and they had a time of prayer. But but follow Jesus. That's a good sign. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. What am I going to do? I'm going to follow Jesus. Man, they made it illegal to, to, to pray. Follow Jesus. They're going to arrest me if I don't do a homosexual wedding. What do I do? Follow Jesus. Just, just follow him. Be faithful. Get into the word. Don't get sidetracked of what whether Pastor Rob is wearing Dockers or jeans this week. He's the way. And we need him. And we need to get real and serious that says, you know, I love to get together and and have, and have a church service. And, and I love, you know, the services where they can be light. And, and and but we just we need to get together and be serious. We need to start praying more, following Jesus, and saying, you know, we're at war. We're living in difficult times. Your neighbor might be going to hell. My neighbor, I've got some neighbors that are possibly going to hell. I'm going to help them find Jesus. Make a disciple grow myself. I need to keep growing and pressing in. Not, Not be distracted by this world. I've got a number of scriptures I want to read. Romans 12 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Isaiah 5, I talked about it earlier, it says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Romans 12, 21 Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, evil's coming. We we can't let ourselves be overcome. But let's overcome it with good. Let's be the light of Jesus all the way to the very end. And it's going to get hard because you're going to get attacked verbally, emotionally, and and eventually physically. This is probably going to happen. And what's, what we've we got to be careful is that we, start, we don't start taking that same thing and we're just going to tack back. And I, sometimes I read the, the blogs and forums and stuff, and you might read a good article and then you've got the comments below. The comments are just always just scary. And the article maybe is well written about the threat of Islam or, or the, the, the tide of our culture going into immorality. And, and, and I want to just pick on homosexual marriage, that's the big one. But you know what's crazy? this is the big one for us today, homosexual marriage and homosexual relationships. And so we're, f- we're, we're really concerned about that one. And in, in the meantime, we let living together outside of wedlock is fine, I guess, now. That's okay, I guess, right? It's okay? Cause this is the bad one, right? It's just, it's a new one. It's another fight, and the enemy just puts something worse up here, and so this becomes normal. So maybe we're reading an article about about you know how we just have to stand for righteousness, and but then you get the comments, and the comments are like, you don't have, chief. They, they 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 promote Jesus with their words, but then they prove themselves not to be by saying, and so we just need to kill them. See, that's what happens to us as we get attacked. You attack me long enough, I'm going to attack you back, right? And that, that's what, that's how we operate. We have to be very careful. It says, overcome evil with good. We don't. We don't follow the same rules. We don't start calling for the death of, death of everyone. And now we say no. Let's 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 give them Jesus. Let's overcome evil with good. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. Whew. I'm praying about this verse. What that means. You have to be wise. I think marriage between a man and a woman is good. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Turn the, turn the news off more. Turn the TV off. And just focus on the good. W- w- you know, we need to do that in our house more, but we, we love watching Little House on the Prairie. You know, we need to get, get into, into, into things that are much more good and and not be inundated with all the evil things. I love the verse 20 in that scripture. After it says, be innocent of evil, it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. You know, this world it's going to come to pass. And God is truly going to lock up. Satan He's going to crush Satan underneath his feet. We just have to press in and persevere. Know that he is the way. And in this church, we're going to fumble and make mistakes. And you're going to rub somebody wrong, and you're going you're to like worship one week and not like it the next, and, and the sermon might be great one week and not good the next. And, and w- but we have to press in together and love one another, and help one another, and serve one another. And, and as a body of Christ, press forward. Who likes, who likes to go camping? I, I like to go camping. I know Jane likes to go camping. You know, when it's kind of cold, and you get that fire going, and you get those, you know, just really red hot logs, you have like three or four of them in the fire. And that thing with three or four logs in there, that will, when you get it hot, it'll burn until the coals just disappear and they turn to, to ash. You got three, four good logs in there. How about take four logs all together and take one of them out, and keep it in the fire ring. Just take it out and put it about 10 inches away from the rest. I mean, shouldn't that, shouldn't that just burn down too and just keep going hot? What happens? That one dies and you have just a burned out log while this burns and does what it's supposed to do until the very end. You know, if we're not careful, we're going to remove ourselves and become just a burned out log over here. Oh, you know, they're just not doing it the way I want them to do it. They just don't get it. I'm just gonna be my own little Christian thing over here. I'm a Christian, I just don't believe in organized religion anymore. I guess I like disorganized religion. (laughs) You know, I just wanna do my own thing. Well, you know, you're gonna burn out like that log. You stay in, you just start rubbing, and we're gonna clash, and we're gonna do things differently. Because the the world is, is evil Not the world, but the world we're living in, there's a lot of evil things happening. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Press in. Press in. He's going to listen to your prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. One of the teachings coming in and is coming into the church is, is, is really pushing away all thoughts of evildoers and saying, you know, you know, God's okay with it all. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. John, 3 John 11 says. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The Bible says that the Lord hates evil. The Lord hates evil. We're supposed to hate evil, too. We're just doing what what God wants. We're supposed to hate evil. Evil is the trap that pulls men into sin and bondage. Men are not evil, sin is evil. Hate it and realize the destruction, the end of that destruction is really bad. And we cling to what is good and we hate even. We go into the word and say, you are the way. And if I get off of you, Jesus, I know that I'm going to fall because this world is just telling me all these crazy things and I need you. In just a minute, we're going to have communion. And now and I, I, I went over and I apologize for the time, but I don't apologize for the message. This morning, in my Spurgeon daily a.m. and p.m., morning and evening devotion, it was perfect. Because we're living in a crazy world. It says, It is well for us that amidst all the variableness of life, there is one whom change cannot affect. One whose heart can never alter and on whose brow mutability can make no furrows. All things elf has has changed. All things are changing. The sun itself grows dim with age. The world is waxing old. The folding up of the worn out vesture has commenced. The heavens and the earth must soon pass away. They shall perish. They shall wax old as doth a garment. But there is one who only hath immortality, of whose years there is no end, and whose person there is no change. The delight which the mariner feels when after having been tossed about for many a day, he steps again again upon the solid shore is the satisfaction of a Christian. When amidst all the changes of this troublous life, he rests the foot of his faith upon this truth, I am the Lord I change not. He doesn't change. Hold fast to Him. Commit your way afresh to Him and say, God, forgive me for for falling off and doing these things and, and losing sight upon you. You change not and I will follow you. I love it when God puts the worship set together. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. Do you believe it? I don't know if I do. Honestly, I don't know if I believe that because sometimes I find myself chasing the world, getting caught up. I'm just being real. I always want to be real. But there's a statement that's true. This world really has nothing for me. I will follow you. Robert's going to come. We're going to we're going to close with the hymn and we're going to invite you as we do this last hymn, we're going to invite you to come and and get the elements of communion and go back to your seat. At the end of the song, we'll take them together. Here's the good news. I just read it. I am the Lord. I change not. It doesn't matter what's happening in this world. It doesn't matter what's happening outside of this, these four walls. It doesn't matter what's happening outside of the Word of God. He changes not. Connect with Him. Get closer with Him. Grab onto Him with all you've got because He is the only thing that doesn't change. And He's going to see us through to the very end. This last song that we are going to do is simply Great is thy faithfulness. At any time during the song, just get up and go ahead and get the elements for communion. And the way we're doing communion today is that we're committing afresh that He is the way. That we're covenanting with Him again to follow Him. But go ahead and hold the, the elements in your hand. And at the end of the song, we'll, we'll take them together.
1: Faithfulness My Father There is no shadow For your faithfulness
0: God in this crazy world that we're living you are the solid rock and you change not God today we declare to you I will follow you for you are the way the truth and the life and no matter what other people come up with what other gospel others preach there is no other gospel except yours. Father, we thank you, even as we sang in this song, that you're a pardon for sin. God, we have fallen short, we've walked away, we've sinned, but you have forgiven us our sin. Father, even as we talked about last week, we thank you that you will cleanse our feet, You'll wash our feet. You'll cleanse us from every sin. Father, let nothing today separate anyone that's in this room from you. Even if there's those who've denied you by their life or by their words, restore them today. And that they too would say, I will follow you because you are the way.
2: skin. i need you jesus come to my rescue where else can i go where else can i go there's no other name no other name which i am which i am saved capture me with grace Capture can I go? Where else can I go? There's no other name. Which I am saying. Capture me. Capture For me and we'll follow you This world has nothing for me I will follow you this world has nothing Amen.